Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today we continue through our special episodes of a KKMS radio show that we co-hosted with Dr. Nathan Olson. I pray that you would sit back and enjoy. Good afternoon. Welcome back. Dr. Nathan Olson, host of the 830 Sunday morning broadcast, God's Word for Today, the radio ministry of Living Word Lutheran Church in Egan, Minnesota. Uh, Joining me today are our hosts from the Being Lutheran podcast from beinglutheran.com, pastors Brian Rickey, Jason Goodham, and Brett Bowe. And uh, we are inviting you as callers, if you've been listening, to to call in if you have questions or comments or things that you'd like us to address here in our final segments. Uh, Call-in number, again, is 651 289 4499 and would love to, to take any thoughts or, or questions you might have. But uh, right now I'm going to turn it back over to you, Brian. Uh, what about some modern misconceptions that maybe our listeners might have about Lutheranism or maybe misrepresentations that are out there in our country today? Well, I always thought that Lutheranism had to do with beer and singing all of the verses to Almighty Fortress. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, pot, I think a lot looks, of it is, I know that one of the questions that I actually get asked quite a bit is like, well, what type of Lutheran? And that's actually a good question, quite frankly, because there are different denomin- you know, denominations within Lutheranism. And honestly, and I'm going to say this as gently as I can, not all of them are really Lutheran. At all. In fact, some of them are bordering on the point of not even being Christian mm-hmm. in some areas. And so I say that with grace and I say that with love, but we speak the truth in love. And so um, my exposure to the denomination that all of us belong to, to the AFLC, was really honestly from a radio program from this station, <laughs> so, <laughs> which was kind of interesting. And so my wife was finding, had found it on, on the radio and we went and visited. Uh, the church that I now serve, mm-hmm. uh, Hope Lutheran Church. And so it was really interesting. And so as we went to this uh, church, Hope Lutheran Church, we began to see that this was really, uh, in my opinion, uh, a really great, oh, I don't know, expression of biblical Christianity, in my opinion. And so these are my convictions. And so um, went to the seminary, of course, and, and, and went through that and got ordained and and I just really am an AFLC pastor, mm-hmm. Lutheran pastor, yep. by conviction. I didn't grow up that way. My dad wasn't a pastor or anything like that. And so it was kind of exciting. And so as I would interact with people, I think one of the mo- mo- modern misconception is that that sanctification or vocation isn't really a part of Lutheranism, number two. Um, also, the idea of cheap grace or that, that you know, some things that what, what Bonhoeffer did right. And, and a lot of things that Bonhoeffer wrote are really valid uh, for the church today and really applicable for the church today, especially when we think about the context of when he wrote them, you know, and how he took a stand as well against all odds. And so I think a lot of people just don't really honestly understand what Lutheranism is, Mm -hmm. because you do have a lot of denominations that are accepting um, uh, portraits of marriage that are outside of God's design for marriage. There are Lutherans that accept things that that we wouldn't accept, or what we would call antinomianism, meaning that you don't have any responsibility to growth in Christ, or you don't have any responsibility to the law. But the law, as we are Christians, moves from our 
accusatory record of wrongs to our now gentle teacher in the freedom of Christ Jesus as we grow in the Word of God, because faith comes by hearing and hearing in the Word of God. So I, I think that there's there's a couple different camps. They don't even know at all what a Lutheran is. It's like, okay, what's that? Is that some kind of like, you know, disease or something? Or they have this idea like, well, are you extremely liberal on the side of of doctrine, or are you this type of, of, of person who believes that sanctification isn't a calling or isn't some way cooperating as we operate in the faith that God gave us to apply it to our lives? And so those are just kind of my takes on all of that. And so I think a lot of people just don't really understand. And it's funny because I went to um, a family gathering the other day and I have a, I have a cousin who's Baptist and, and I remember him coming up to me going, I didn't even know that Lutherans could be saved. <laughs> you know, and, and I think that's the reality, but I'm telling you, uh, it's such a rich approach yeah. to the gospel of Christ because where that freedom comes in. And I so appreciate your testimony, Jason. Mm-hmm. When we started this whole podcast, what, two years ago? I don't even remember how long ago we started. Mm-hmm. But he shared this 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 bondage that we get in by that we're not good enough and that we have to earn it and that we got to do something. And that that's that works righteousness picture. But when we fully understand that it is accomplished, it is paid in full, and that we are forgiven of all past, present, and future sins because of what Christ has done, and we embrace that statement of Christ that when the Son sets you free, in that freedom, there is peace and there is joy because we know we're saved. And we know the certainty of God's promise, as it says in 1 Peter chapter 1. It is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. It doesn't lose its potency, and it's guarded by God. It's guarded by God himself. And, and in that freedom, we get to worship God in our vocation as an act of worship. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the richness comes in. And unfortunately, I think a lot of people misunderstand that. Jason, take us away from there as well as we think about your cultural context and serving in Minneapolis as a pastor at Faith. Uh, where do you see misrepresentation of Lutheranism just even in Minneapolis area? Oh boy, in Minneapolis, <laughs> you, you have a, a lot of more of the liberal slash progressive distinction versus conservative. Uh, uh, if I'm reading census numbers correctly in anything written by the government, you question whether you're reading it correctly. Uh, but my congregation is is located in the most liberal, demographically speaking, neighborhood in all of Minneapolis. And uh, uh, that provides for some interesting opportunities and, and also some cautions with things because you have knee-jerk reactions less against Lutherans who probably in liberal circles because of the ELCA have a more favorable uh, light than than perhaps other denominations, but but more uh, of questions about about scripture in general and, and about conservative theology. And um, you know, I don't run into a lot in my church because we're mostly ignored. We're small enough. I'm I'm a pastor of a very small congregation. Uh, we get about sixty five on a Sunday. Um, but the questions that I get have to do with worship style, and I think this is a, is a big misconception. Uh, people who look at a traditional Lutheran church kind of mistake it for being Catholic, and and mm-hmm. that's because for mm-hmm. 500 years, uh, vast how ironic that is. yeah I know vast <laughs> swaths of the Protestant church thought the Reformation was all about getting rid of Catholicism. Roman Catholic Catholicisms. And so the reason why some churches don't do things is, well, that sounds too Catholic. 
you know, and, and, and you know, the, in the AFLC, our denomination, the Association of Free Lutheran Congregations, we're pretty low church when it comes to it. But I have a, a standard traditional liturgy that we do. Uh, mm-hmm. Brian, you in particular at your church are vested uh, for some of the services so that you have robes and things. And uh, we sing or chant some of the liturgy. <laughs> and, and that's just a non-starter for some people that yeah. you just dismisses that too, as too Catholic. And, and Luther's whole point in the Reformation was just... If it's not sinful, if it's not harmful to the faith, keep it because it's useful for teaching. And and I find that to be the case. I find that the traditional style of worship uh, is my insurance policy as a pastor, where if I happen to deliver a uh, a clunker of a uh, of a message. Uh, that the liturgy and the hymnody are preaching the message for me yeah. anyway, and uh, I appreciate that. Amen. Amen. We're going to take a call right now from Don in Auburn Hills. Don, go ahead. What's your comment? Hi. Uh, hi, Jason, uh, pastors. How are you doing? Hi, Bert. Very good. Doing well. Um, one of the things that I have appreciated as a Lutheran, especially as opposed to a lot of American Christianity, is that it doesn't sugarcoat how difficult and ugly life can be. Um, it doesn't try to tell you that everything's going to be okay, that, you know, if you do the right things, believe the right things, that everything's going to go, you know, rainbows and unicorns <laughs> for you. It, it, if anything, it it helps hold you up while you trudge through the mud and the muck yeah. that life throws in your face constantly. Um, and I think that's, I know, especially I've had conversations with Jason along these same lines that early in my Christian life, um, the message that a lot of, you know, a lot of the message you hear is that if, if you're going through those things, it's because you're doing something wrong as a Christian. And mm-hmm. when the message of Lutheranism that, you know, no, that's, you know, that's just life. That's what Jesus came to help you through to give you the hope of something better to look forward to, to know that this isn't how it's supposed to be and that, you know, there is, there is something more. Hmm. All right. Well, thanks, Don, for that. And I agree wholeheartedly mm-hmm. with that. Uh, one of the, the features of Lutheran theology is that we do not, as Lutherans, attempt to do what is called theodicy. And theodicy is a doctrine of suffering that tries to find out the reasons why God puts bad things into <laughs> our lives. Uh, and, and if you do that, you either end up as a heretic or you end up with a God that's not worth worshiping. Uh, uh, but one of the, the tenets of Lutheran theology is that we are constantly looking for God's presence in our suffering and not his purpose in our suffering. And we can't know God's purposes uh, because most of the time in our specific context, he hasn't told us. Mm -hmm. Uh, But his presence in our suffering is always there with us. And and that comes also in Lutheran theology with the idea of the means of grace. Yeah. Amen. We're listening right now to Pastors Brian, Ricky, Jason Goodham, and Brett Bowe from the Being Lutheran podcast from beinglutheran.com. Feel free to call in 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 our final segment here. As we go to our break, uh, 651-289-4499. We'd love to hear from you if you have any questions or comments. And uh, thanks for listening to our show.
Good afternoon. I'm Dr. Nathan Olson, host of the 830 Sunday morning broadcast, God's Word for Today, radio ministry of Living Word Lutheran Church in Egan, Minnesota. If you're just joining us now, we're in our final segment with the host from the Being Lutheran podcast from beinglutheran.com, pastors Brian Rickey, Jason Goodham, and Brett Bowe. And uh, we are, are taking a caller here. Roy uh, is on the line. Roy, go ahead with your question. Yes, uh, my name is Roy Addison. I'm from uh, Bloomington, Minnesota. I have a question regarding uh, Romans 6, verses 3 and 4. In the English Standard Version, it reads, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead, by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. And here's my question for these three gentlemen here. Regarding the issue of baptismal regeneration, how do they see those two verses? Thanks for the question, Roy. I appreciate it. Welcome. Um, as far as the issue of baptismal regeneration, Romans 6, 3, and 4 is one of the key yeah. passages to demonstrate that because it's very clear from Paul that baptism is our connection to Jesus' death and resurrection. Mm-hmm. And in fact, one of the ways that I've taught uh, the sacraments and baptism in general uh, through uh, to my students, uh, whether they're college students or, or, or the teens in my church, is to simply take the New Testament, find all the references to baptism in the New Testament and simply ask yourself a question, is this something that I am doing or is this something that God has done for me? And when it comes to attaching myself or applying Christ's death and resurrection to me, that is something only God can do. It's not something I can apprehend. And I would also note, it goes really well with what we've been talking about here with sanctification, that the purpose of our salvation, the purpose of the regeneration, the purpose of the new life, the purpose of being born again, however you want to classify it, is to walk in newness of life, is that we are freed from our good works, paying God back or earning God's favor, but instead we are free to uh, go and walk in in newness of life where we are loving our neighbor and giving our good works to our neighbor. Mm -hmm. I understand. So are you saying that God, through baptism in some um, mystical kind of way, saves his uh, own people, the elect, according to Scripture? Uh, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that's what God is saying, uh, because mm-hmm. if you follow uh, through what he said in Scripture, uh, he will go on to explicitly state in First Peter 3 mm-hmm. that baptism now saves you, not because it's something, uh, you know, it, the, there's any power in the water on its own, but it's the washing of water through the Word. It's the cleansing of our sins because God's Word does what it says it does. So when God's Word is saying that you are forgiven, that you are actually forgiven. And when God's word says uh, that you are connected to Christ's death and resurrection by baptism, you are, in fact, connected to Christ's death and resurrection by baptism. I want to know what the doctor has to say. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things I think all of us would agree on here is the the point— when it comes to baptism, that makes baptism so significant really goes back to the the soul that we talked about of of sola Christus, you know, mm-hmm. as Christ alone. That baptism brings salvation, not because uh, of anything else be, besides it connecting us to Christ. Uh, in Galatians chapter three verse twenty seven, it says, yeah. "For as many of you as were baptized into Christ 
have put on Christ. And when we stand before God, then with Christ and his righteousness, we're looked at as, as holy and just and blameless and pure and perfect. And, and that's what baptism does. It connects us to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times when the, the Baptists who, who maybe um, would reject our, our, our notion of infant baptism as Lutherans, and one of their main complaints maybe is that, uh, you know, you're, you're adding something to Jesus and you're doing Jesus plus. But the reality is, is that for us as Lutherans, we would say that the, the central part of baptism is really that it's connecting us to Christ. It's connecting us to yeah. Jesus. And that's why it's significant. That's why it's important and brings salvation, that it's Jesus alone that brings salvation to us. And baptism is a, a means of God's bringing that. Mm-hmm. I, I think I, another misconception is that, you know, baptism is a beginning. It's not an, an ending, you know, and I love what our professor said in seminary and we all had him. You know, he asked the question, do we evangelize the baptized? And the answer is absolutely. You know, and, and so it's not like this blanket, formulaic, you know, kind of like hocus pocus kind of thing. Yeah. It isn't. It's the beginning. It's that, that seed of faith that is planted in the heart and mind of an infant through the power of the Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done. And like any seed, it needs to be watered because faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And that's why confirmation is so important in Lutheranism, is confirming that that seed of faith that was planted in the heart and mind of that infant in baptism has been brought to completion, that it becomes that 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 oak uh, planted next to streams of living water, you know, that the roots are, are grounded and rooted in the person and mission of Jesus Christ. You've been listening right now to the pastors from the Being Lutheran podcast, pastors Brian, Ricky, Jason Goodham, and Brett Bow. I want to give a chance for each of you to, to tell us a little bit about your ministry, where you're located at in the Minneapolis area. Mm-hmm. All these pastors are, are Minneapolis pastors and, and have great and phenomenal ministries that God has blessed them with and is doing a work in our midst here. Uh, let's start with you, uh, Pastor Brett Bow. Tell us a little bit about your church, where you're at. Uh, just give us a, a brief synopsis of what God's doing there in Shakopee. Yeah, yeah I am the pastor at King of Glory Lutheran Church in Shakopee, Minnesota. And uh, we're in the South Metro, south of, of the river there, and just love serving the Lord there. Uh, congregation, uh, it, it's great to preach the word, and uh, I'm excited to see uh, God really blessing us as a family. And, you know, I, I think sometimes our congregation is kind of like a, a small town church in the in the big city, and the, the people that, you know, Lutherans that are coming that maybe grew up in a Lutheran church in a rural setting find their way in suburbia, and they say, oh, we can find a home here where God's word is preached and, and upheld, and there's a, a warm fellowship there. Jason, how about over to you? I'm pastor at Faith Free Lutheran Church in South Minneapolis, and I have to put the pause between the faith and the free, uh, because <laughs> ironically, I have about four or five atheists every year that find our Facebook page and just delight that we have a church that doesn't have any faith. Uh, but the free goes with the Lutheran and not with the faith. Uh, uh, the As I mentioned, uh, we're a very small congregation. We're at the corner of 44th and Pillsbury in South Minneapolis. You can find our website where we have all of our sermons and church activities at yep. faithlutheran aflc.org great how about over to you brian well i just got fired (laughs) you guys are the real pastors no i have the privilege and honor of serving hopeless for church in north minneapolis 5200 emerson avenue north um and it's been a privilege being there i've been there for about a year and a half and i love serving that congregation uh we both have traditional as uh 
Uh, Jason had said where I wear vestments, we have a traditional service, but we also have what I would call a blended service where you will have a mixture of hymns and more modern music. We have a wonderful worship director for each one of those services. And I'm telling you, our organ player, man, I don't know that there's a better organ player that I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) She is amazing. And so if you like to hear a pipe organ, come on to the nine o'clock one. If you want to hear more modern modern music or more blended music, uh, come to the 1030. Great. It's been so good to have you pastors here with us. And uh, for those who are listening, uh, each and every one of these congregations would just be a blessing for you and your spiritual maturity uh, to go and find a Bible-believing pastor in a congregation Mm -hmm. that would love and support you. In our final minute here, I just want to give you an opportunity uh, as a podcast representation here. Mm -hmm. uh, How can our listeners continue to, to hear about you and find out more about some of the material that we're covering? Uh, you go to beinglutheran.com. Uh, if you have an RSS reader for a podcast, you can just go to the website and, and look for us and subscribe that way. We are on iTunes, uh, and we do appreciate, just for visibility purpose, if you like what you hear in the Being Lutheran podcast, that you leave us a review uh, and a, a rating, because that helps us with people who are just searching for things. Only if it's good. Only if it's good, <laughs> right? If it's bad, uh, please contact us. Uh, all three of us enjoy interacting with yeah. listeners, ask, uh, answering questions. Uh, but beinglutheran.com is your source. Great. Again, I'm Dr. Nathan Olson, host of the 830 Sunday morning broadcast, God's Word for Today, the radio ministry of Living Word Lutheran Church in Egan, Minnesota. And uh, it's been a pleasure to have uh, these men here with us today, pastors Brian Ricky, Jason Goodham, and Brett Bow. Feel free to look them up online at beinglutheran.com and follow and subscribe to their podcast. God bless your day. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also, invite a friend to check us out on iTunes. Please join us next week as Pastor Jason, Pastor Brett, and myself continue our discussion on the Lord's Prayer, looking at the fifth petition. God bless you, and have a great week.